0: Hey guys, welcome back to the first episode of Inside the Clipboard since, I believe, early March. (laughs) It's been a while, uh, so if you haven't, if you're just joining for the first time or forgot who we were, I'm Dylan Paneline. I'm Chris. And uh, we're going to be talking some football today. Um, And just as a precursor before we start... Uh, This we were doing weekly episodes for a long time. uh, And then with all COVID, since COVID, I got married, Chris had a baby, and we have a lot of school and a lot of other things in the works. So weekly is probably not going to (laughs) happen. It might be a more of a every other week or once a month kind of thing. uh, But we're we're going to keep putting out content. Uh, and then at the end of this episode, we'll, we're going to give our picks for the week uh, Because that was something we did at the end of last year It was really fun I'm pretty sure I won <laughs> you, you did <laughs> My playoff
1: picks I'm pretty sure I guess every playoff game wrong last year uh,
0: Yeah And the only one I was mad that I picked was the Ravens in the first round And then they got bounced <laughs> So we're going to do that We're going to post that every week uh, To kind of keep track of that uh, But other than that we're just gonna kick it off. It's football season. It's football season. We're, we're gonna here. we're gonna be dropping this Thursday night, or we're gonna be dropping this this week, and Thursday night we've got opening opening game, and then it's football until February, which is super fun, uh, and I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> but we're gonna start off in the AFC East. We're gonna be giving divisional picks for the AFC and the NFC. Um, some wild card predictions, uh, some wild, teams we think could be wild cards and surprise teams, different things like that. We're going to go AFC East or AFC-NFC this
1: episode. So starting in the AFC East, Chris, who you got? So I think, I mean, I think we're both pretty much on the same page here as far as who we're taking. But I think this year's a little more interesting than the past year because the past years was always Patriots landslide. Like there's no chance. I mean, unless you're someone else who would choose the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> for some unknown reason. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? But, but, I mean, this year, I mean, you got to take the Bills. They just have a lot of potential, young team. They have two really young leaders on both sides of the ball. They have Josh Allen at quarterback and Tradavius White at Who just corner, got money. <laughs> who just got money. And these guys, they're, they're a solid squad. They added Stephon Diggs in the offseason to address their wide receiver one issue. So I think they've done enough to really bump them up to be a contender in the playoffs. Not like a deep playoff. I mean, they might win a game in the playoffs, but I wouldn't consider them a deep team. But I will, I will say, keep your eye out. I don't think the Patriots are out of it. I think their addition of Cam Newton, I think Cam Newton's a hard enough worker to fit into a system that Bill Belichick has mastered. So I, even with all the hold, oh, not the holdouts, but the opt-outs yeah. for the COVID, I do think the Patriots will still contend, and I think Miami might be like a 7-9-8-8 eight, eight team. So they might be in the loop later in the season. I don't think they'll do much, but I think there's potential in Miami.
0: Yeah, uh, like you said, I agree with you. I think Buffalo is a team that could finish eleven and five, 10 and six, easy, easy, uh, yeah. and and be a one or two game ahead of of New England. Um, I think Josh Allen, who's had a lot of um, a lot of. Accuracy issues uh, throughout the first two years of his career. I think this year is a year that he might be in the mid-60 percentage, um, especially with getting a surefire number one in Stefan Diggs um, and having Cole Beasley in the slot who under, under known – or not a n- highly known name, but someone who is, who's done a lot of just Absolutely. solid work. Um, but then on the defensive side, that's where I think that they've got a lot of really solid um, – Solid guys. I mean, they drafted A.J. Espinosa from Iowa um, to be their second and behind Trent Murphy. They've got Ed Oliver in the middle. Then you've got Tremaine Edmonds and A.J. Klein and Matt Milano, which is a solid three linebacker set. Jordan Poirier, Tredavious White in the secondary. I think they've got a lot of solid guys in the defense. um, That's going to give them... That's That's been their foundation. If you think of Buffalo, you think of defense. It's only with the addition of Josh Allen that you – or in the last few years that they've become more of an offense. You've known their offense. But I think this year with the solid defense, I think Josh Allen takes a step forward. I think they become a really good team. But like you said, with, with Cam, with the addition of Cam, I think they will be a solid team. But with the opt-outs, I don't think – as great as Belichick is, I don't know how much he can overcome with that in terms of and especially with a lot of the defensive guys that I've opted out that he
1: he's come to rely on. I think that's going to be
0: really tough for
1: him. Well, I think this will be a very interesting year as far as just history plays out because this is the year that we see has the success in New England over the last 10 to 15 years. Has it been because of Brady? Or has it been because of Belichick or both? Like it can be both, but this year will really show us. If Tampa Bay doesn't make the playoffs and doesn't do much and Belichick finds a way to have a winning record and pushes to the playoffs, Bill Belichick is the reason for the Patriots dynasty. I mean, it answers a lot of questions, whether Tom Brady is strictly just a system quarterback or not. So that's exciting to me to find out, really.
0: Yeah, which is being a system quarterback is something that, like, there's only few quarterbacks, I think, ever that have never been system quarterbacks. I think mean, Patrick Mahomes is one quarterback that not a system quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, not a system quarterback because he's had multiple systems and has done well in, in, in them. Uh, but Brady is a system quarterback, I think. But I don't think that that's a knock. I think that Mm -hmm. he's done really well in one system for however many years, and can he acclimate to a new system and do well uh, is going to be the question. But we're going to get into that in a little while. But we're going to move over to the AFC North, which, in my opinion, is the hardest division to pick in the AFC because you have three teams that could make the playoffs. And in my opinion, I think two of these teams are – sure playoff teams with one team being a second wild card. Actually, there's three wild card. I keep forgetting that there's three wild card spots this year. I had forgotten this and, one. And so there's two – so in my opinion, two AFC North teams are going to – three AFC North teams in the playoffs, wow. one from the AFC South, I think. Um, And AFC, it's going to be a battle between a couple teams, and we'll talk about that as we continue through. But in my opinion, I think this might become a, a shock, but I think Cleveland is going to win the AFC North. My reasoning – and I'm not like last year where the Cleveland hype was out of – through the roof, and I I've, I've bit into the Cleveland hype last year. I think this year, I think thinking through Kevin Stefanski, the hire, that he actually has a system, a model that has been proven to work in Minnesota, a run-first, uh, play-action-type pass with a solid line. That's been his, his MO. That's what he's done um, over and over in – Minnesota, who's produced a lot of really good teams or a lot of really good quarterbacks. And I think with Stefanski there, with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, something that Stefanski's never had, which is two good running backs, OBJ, and then Baker actually having some time uh, with the draft pick of Jedrick Wills, uh, trading for Jack Conklin, having an actual solid line in front of him. He can have time to process. He's not going to be depended on like he was last year with Freddie Kitchens to throw the ball 35 times to try to win a game. He's going to maybe throw 25, like 20 to 30 times a game, not be relied on. It's going to be Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I think, that are going to be the guys who are going to propel that team. But then they also have a, a solid defense. It sucks to see that um, Grant Delpit went down on IR and, and with the torn Achilles. But I think they have depth there. They already have Sandejo to fill in, who's not Grant Delpit, but he's a serviceable He's, de- yeah, he's, he's a yeah, fill-in. Yeah, he's a filling. He's, he's a solid fill-in. Um, but that's my opinion on the division winner. I think you have a different division
1: I, I have 100%. And not, a, not only the division winner, but the dynamic of that division. I think it's going to be a clear runaway. I think Baltimore is going to take it and run with it and do what they did last year in their division. I think the team that you didn't really talk about that you said would probably make – I'm assuming you're talking about the Steelers. Yeah. I, the Steelers are past their time. They've had their window. They've like barely stayed in that window, but they've crossed the line. Roethlisberger is going to unravel this year. I think that entire team is just going to really – their age is going to show this year. They have a really old team, and I think it's going to be – They have a really old quarterback. Well, yeah, I guess. But, yeah, it's easy to look at Ben Roethlisberger and him being the team because, well, that's how it's been the last however many years. But yeah, I don't see the Steelers doing. Okay, everybody. Oh, here we go. Apologize for that. That was a ad on my laptop. <laughs> but I just don't see the Steelers doing anything at all this year, and I think it's going to be a runaway with Baltimore. Cleveland might make the playoffs. I think their peak, their ceiling is ten and five, which is good. Like that's that's not disrespect. I feel like that's fair and honest. But which that's a that's a wild card in my that's, opinion. But that's that's a peak like I'm saying my prediction for them is probably pushing like an eight and eight. So I'm giving them a peak room, but yeah, I think it's going to be Baltimore runaway. And I really, I think we, the Browns will make it as the, like the very last seed, maybe. See, I, so the, the reason,
0: and it might be because, so for the, for the Steelers, I think one, first we forget that big Ben was in his last season through for 5,000 yards, 34 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. So that was just, a year and a half ago. and
1: I. How you, much did you play last year? Played two games. Okay, went, but how big is that at his age to miss games like that? How much I think in a way, way – I'm talking about his body. Oh, I know. Being I know injured and missing a season at the age he is now, his season is – he's going to have a really rough – he's going to get injured with one hit. The dude's brittle now. Yeah, he's big, but he's Well, brittle. the
0: thing was, was his injury wasn't a hit injury. It was, it was something to first deal – Again, sorry. Uh, it was something that had to deal with um, his his elbow. It was an elbow injury. and from all indications from the camp, from wide receivers is that he's he's fine and he's better. but not only that, it was not a contact injury. It was a non-contact injury, and I think a year off will help his longevity in the league for at least another year or two. So I think he'll be I think I don't think he's got be Big Ben of throwing five thousand yards and thirty five, 40 touchdowns. If he's just solid with the quarterback play that they had last year, they were eight and eight. Mike Tomlin coached that team. Adding Big Ben, who is definitely an improvement from Dak Codges and an improvement from Mason Rudolph, they they nine and seven, ten and six. With a developing Juju Smith, Deontay, Deontay Johnson, who has a chance to to elevate James Conner. you've got a back a, a pretty much a stable of running backs. Uh, there, I think they have a chance to be a wild card team. Which moves us in, but before that, my thing with the Ravens and it might be a bias and it might be because
1: I got it, burned. It a hundred percent is a bias.
0: I think they'll make the playoffs. They'll be a clear cut top number one wild card. I think it's going to be close in the AFC North with them in Cleveland,
1: but I just don't believe in Lamar. I know you do. not I don't believe in like, Lamar. It's a clear
0: bias. Yeah,
1: and he's running. I mean, he didn't win the MVP last year. I,
0: I mean, agree. He, I, I know he won the MVP. But the thing is, is when you for two years in a row, he's done really well in the in the regular season, which I know what we're picking is the regular season, but he's <laughs> crumbled in the playoffs. And I think at some point it's gonna take a morale it's gonna hit my morale, knowing like, yeah, we might do we might go twelve and four in the regular season, but we're not gonna hit and I, I just don't think that they have the, the ability to sustain. You want to talk about an old roster. They have an old roster, exactly. minus some of the offensive weapons. Their defense is getting a little old. You wonder
1: why Lamar's not going to lower his morale? You know his morale's like? Because he's got the best hype man in the league. He's got Mark Ingram pumping him up. That team is a fun team. They're an exciting team, and they're going to play like they played last year. I think we've seen teams that come in with hype with one year, and then the next season they're completely different. Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton when they had that one year where they ball down there dancing every other point they scored. Next year they were unheard of. They're garbage. I think the Ravens are going to carry their swagger throughout this year and throughout last year to this year, and they're going to continue to ball out. And to the point of your playoff struggles, I agree. But we're doing the regular season, so you're, you're I'm going to stay in right. the regular you're season.
0: Right. I, I, and it's a bias. I understand. I, I, I pushed that to the front. like I, I fronted my argument with that, that it was a bias. <laughs> but I just don't believe in Lamar. Like I, I don't believe it until you can do it in the playoffs. Believe in the action, Jackson. I don't. Uh, going to the AFC South, though, with, the, with one team who went on a Cinderella run, another team whose quarterback just got massive money, and then – Another team with a now 38-year-old, 39-year-old quarterback. So, we're talking about the AFC South.
1: Chris, give me your
0: AFC South prediction.
1: AFC South, I think it's going to be a Colts runaway. I think this is this is Philip Rivers' here. first time he's had an offensive line. He's got T.Y. Hill, and he has Chester Rogers, I believe, as his number three. I don't remember who their number two is, but they have two Michael good, Pittman. They have Michael Pittman, so a young guy. And then they got two good tight ends. The – what I would say the best offensive line in the league, and then a defense that is also stacked, I think the Colts are going to dominate this division. I think the Titans might – I don't think the Titans are finishing 500 this year. I think they had their Cinderella run last year. You can only be one-dimensional for so long, and that's been proven throughout the NFL, is when there's one team that only sticks to one scheme, it's going to crumble and people are going to figure it out. And it's it's happened in the past. But – and you can could, you could make that argument about the 49ers. Are they going to crumble? I don't think so because they have the best defense in the league. The Titans don't. They have an opportunistic defense that gets timely turnovers. And They did just add Jadavian Clowney. I don't care about Jadavian Clowney. That dude's career, his hype, his everything was made off of one hit he made against Michigan in college football. That's why his draft stock is at where it's at. Jadavian Clowney here, here is the most overrated defensive player in the last 10 years. I would I wouldn't
0: say that the last ten years, but I would agree that he's overhyped and a lot of his, his stuff comes from that one singular play where he destroyed somebody. Um, but I, I th- so we were talking before. I'm very conflicted on who I want out of this division uh, because I agree. I think Indy has a, a lot of really talented weapons. I think they have a lot a really solid defense. Um, I think a top five, top ten defense potentially Easy. over over this over the course of this next season. But the thing is, I want whenever I'm thinking of of a team who can lead somebody, I think of the quarterback. Who do they have leading? And Deshaun Watson to me is like last year. Think of the team they had last year. They had pretty much no running backs. Then they, and they had they DeAndre Hopkins. They had, a, they had a good offensive line, not a great one, but not good at all. I mean, Deshaun got, and think over the last two seasons, 106 sacks. Has gotten hit 106 times. Their defense, for the most part, is pretty much the same. Uh, I think when I think of someone who can elevate their team, that can elevate their team to the next level with nothing, it's Deshaun Watson. And the reason I'm saying that is coming through – Thinking through the pandemic, thinking through no preseason games, thinking through limited um, time in the offseason together, adding Phillip Rivers, who's an aging quarterback, to a a, a young team and trying to get him acclimated versus – uh, Deshaun Watson just had this pretty much the same guys all off season from last year to this year minus DeAndre Hopkins. He has the a potential.
1: Yeah, just their number one receiver, arguably the best receiver in the league. I, yeah, would, I, I would agree. agree. That's all they missed. I would agree. But no, they sure. added some talent.
0: It's not going to be the same. Nowhere close to what DeAndre Hopkins was. They're going to be missing a, a, a solid wide receiver number one. But I think they have a, a, a plethora of options now. Whereas you had DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller when he was healthy. Now you have Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. You have a couple different guys. David Johnson in the backfield gives you a running game that he didn't have. But I'm not hitting I'm not hitting on the Colts. I think the Colts in them is going to be super close. It's very hard for me to pick. I think it's it's going to be – they might even be tied, and it's going to be a tie break that's going to get them for me. And that's why I put the, the AFC South, one of, one of these two teams, is going to be the one that slips into that third wild card, in my opinion, or is battling for a third wild card spot, in my opinion.
1: I just don't agree with your Texans pick. I think that's another team that's going to fall off a cliff this year. I like Deshaun Watson, and I I hope they do well. I genuinely do. But when you lose your number one receiver and your backup, your next number one, Will Fuller, is injury prone as can be. He'll most likely be out at least six games next year at a minimum, in my opinion. So your number one will be out. And then you have Brandon Cooks which yeah he's a solid receiver but i think he's a very he's a he's a he's made to be a wide receiver too or a slot receiver He's not a number. He's not a wide receiver one, and that's, that's why he's
0: not going to be. He's not a wide receiver one. He's a wide receiver two behind Will Fuller. But that's what I'm not, saying, we're not. We're not. Will pro-
1: Fuller's going to be out. Like I, I know he will. Well, he I know, but is. I'm not
0: projecting injury. Like when I'm doing this, I'm not really projecting injury, even though Will Fuller has an injury history. You have to be realistic, but, though. But with that, you also have the addition of Randall Cobb, who is older but serviceable. You have Kiki Cootie behind him, Kenny Stills behind him. So even with injury, you have a, a stable of, of, of solid receiver. None that jump. out. Out and are like Not insane, all. but there's are solid receivers that give him a lot of options that I think is going to be – because before you are like, okay, I'm just going to go double DeAndre. Now you can't really necessarily do that because well, you don't need to. Because you don't need to, but you have <laughs> because- a lot of different options which is going to keep defensive backs occupied, which gives Deshaun time to move and to
1: find guys or to just run because he has the ability to run, we'll, which we'll Phillips Rivers doesn't have. We'll see. I mean, that's the exciting thing about the football season – we, you don't know. But then that moves us to your division, the AFC West. And the
0: reason I say your division, not because you guys have dominated the division, but because your favorite team is in the division. <laughs> but I will start here. I think it's going to be hard to say that Kansas City isn't going to be the, the, the winner of this division um, because Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes, and you can pretty much just stop right there if you wanted to. But with the addition uh, – or with – Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, the addition of Clyde Edwards in the draft, who I don't think is going to be a dominant person, but I think he will be for, like serviceable for them. Uh, if we're thinking of fantasy football, first round for Clyde Edwards, not really high on that. No, uh, But uh, they have an a average defense, a, a average, above average, whatever you want to put them at. I think they're about an average defense, and... That's all you need with Patrick Mahomes because he's going to put up thirty-five points a game at least, uh, and so I think Kansas City's there. I think we both agree on that. But I think too, I think Denver has a chance to be good and vying fi- fi- for a wild card spot. I also think the Ve- Vegas has a chance to be vying for a wild card spot. But I'm going to let you
1: talk a little bit more because this is your division. Unfortunately, I have to agree. It's hard to it's hard to not choose a defending Super Bowl champ <clears throat> as. The winner of a division that's actually been struggling over the last five, like you have three teams below the Chiefs who have been really struggling just to get over the hump altogether between Denver, the Chargers, and the Raiders. Um, I'm trying to keep as much bias as I can, but if I when I look at off seasons, who had the biggest off season in this division, the Colts. I mean, not the Colts. The Chiefs didn't need to have a big off season because there are teams already solid. But Denver had a, a huge off season, signing AJ Boye, getting Jarrell Casey, killing it in the draft, getting Jerry Judy, another fast. So they got two real quick tight ends that are vertical threats that can really be helpful in the passing game for Drew Locke. Um, so Denver added a lot of pieces. So trying to keep a bias out of it, I don't think Denver's going to win the division. Um, it would take a lot for Denver to win. The I division. do. I do have their ceiling at like a. 10 and 6. I don't think they'll do much better than that. I think they'll go like 8 and 8, 9 and 7. I mean, I hope they exceed my expectations. I would love to be wrong. But there's just a lot of uncertainty in Denver with Drew Locke. I mean, yeah, he was 4 and 1 in his five starts at the end of the season last year. But you can't really judge a quarterback on a five game span. So there's still a lot of questions with Drew Locke, Jerry Judy, what they're going to do with their backfield and Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Um, so there's question marks, but they're exciting question marks. They're question marks that could lead to explosiveness and success. So I do think Denver, I do think Denver will make the playoffs this year, especially because they added that one wild card spot. Yeah, so
0: I, I agree. I think my thing with Vegas is I think I love their potential on offense. And I, but I think Denver has a more all-around team. They, I love Drew Lock this year. I think he's going to be really good. He has a lot of potential with a bunch. Of, like if he doesn't do well, it's on Drew Lock because absolutely. he has he has weapons. He has he has <laughs> weapons coming out of every single position, and some of them two deep, running back two deep, wide receiver two deep. You could argue tight end even two deep. Oh, yeah, and, and so he Jake, got...
1: Jake Butts healthy this year too, and he was our first round pick a couple years ago. Yeah. So you have
0: you have weapons out. Coming everywhere, so I think they have a chance. Along with someone like Pittsburgh, um, Indy, and um, and Denver, I think are my three main options to get behind Baltimore or in your in your thing, Cleveland. But (laughs) those are those are who I think are coming out. Um, But that covers the AFC for us. Uh, We'll take a quick break, and we will be back to talk about the NFC. Hey guys, welcome back to Inside the Clipboard. Uh, we're going to be talking about the NFC, and we're just going to pretty much just jump right on in. Uh, in the first division, I know me and Chris have differing opinions and differing views on the NFC East. Um, Chris, I'll let you start and give your defense on why you think, why,
1: who your team is. So my team, I mean, and I'm sure if you listened to it last year, you might be laughing a little bit. Because I might have had a certain team possibly go into the NFC Championship game and then them completely flopping. Could it be because they had the worst coach in NFL history? It's possible. Do you want to give us an input on, on who that was? I'm talking about Jason Garrett. The dude's trash. He's one of the <laughs> worst coaches I've ever seen in my life. And I'm sure 90% of all football fans would agree with me. So due to the change to Mike McCarthy I do think that I don't think the Cowboys are going to be a dominant team this year by any means and I think the reason that I'm choosing them to win their division it's because of the division they're in they're in a really bad division they get it they get the privilege of playing the Eagles twice the football team twice <laughs> and the Giants twice and you heard that right the football team they have a there's a team in their division that doesn't even have an real name at the moment like this this division is a dumpster fire i mean i think if i came in as a coach i could win this division this division's bad it's really bad and that's the reason i'm giving the cowboys the edge not because they have the best talent they have this they have that the cowboys are a disappointment but even a disappointment can win this division so this division i'm going cowboys
0: yeah and if you listen last year i had one pick that i kept the whole year and it worked out, and I'm going right back to them with Philly. Uh, Philly last year, or this year, Philly is dominant. Uh, not dominant, I take that back. Dominant in this division. Con- you got to contextualize this. Yeah. <laughs> because as uh, Chris made a lot of really solid points in terms of the division, and that they're pretty much trash. Most of the division is pretty trash. I will give lip service to the Cowboys because they have weapons. They have yeah. Zeke, they have – uh, Cooper, they have CeeDee Lamb, they have Gallup, they have Jarwin. They do have the right, starting right tackle who's a Pro Bowler out. Travis
1: Frederick retired. Unfortunately, they also have a quarterback named Dyke Prescott. Yeah. And average quarterback in the uh, Maybe. Man. <laughs>
0: Shots fired. Top 20, possibly. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But I think, with, um, and if you looked at my quarterback rankings, I think I had Prescott 12 or 13.
1: Adam Rational. Adam Lower. Uh,
0: but <laughs> I think with um, with Philly, uh, and Chris talked about it with Denver, they improved this offseason. I think Philly did that in the in the areas that they needed to. Because and the reason I'm not picking Dallas is because last year Dallas had the chance to win the division against a Philadelphia team that was had no corners. Absolutely no wide receivers. Beside their their best player on offense, besides Carson Wentz, was Miles Sanders. Like for a while, like dealt
1: with injuries. Who dealt
0: with injuries? Well. Dealt with injuries. Zach Ertz had injuries. Their whole offense was down, and Carson Wentz elevated that team to the, the division victory and division win over Dallas, who was fully healthy. And so I think with with them adding Jalen Rager, who in my opinion is going to be a, a solid art wide receiver, one or two, um, maybe not week one with uh, the shoulder injury coming in. But in terms of their back end of their defense, which they struggled because they had a really solid run game or a run defense, but they couldn't stop a runny nose all season. Uh, but they added Darius Slay, Nikkel Roby, Coleman, um, who are far and away better than so what, court- than what they had last year. So to me, they've improved where they needed to improve. Carson Wentz. If you know me, I have a love affair with Carson Wentz. I love me some Carson Wentz. Uh, and so I think he's going to take a step up, being fully playing full 16 games last year, going to give him some confidence to go into this season um, healthy and ready to go with a, a plethora of weapons, um, ready to attack this te- this this division, which is absolutely awful.
1: I hope you're right, because <laughs> I would. There's nothing more I like seeing than disappointed Dallas Cowboys fans.
0: Oh, I completely agree, and that's why I pick against them pretty much every year. <laughs> uh, in the NFC North. Um, I'm gonna leave this one um, this year taking Minnesota. Um, to me, it's it's gonna it's close, but it's not that close. Uh, I think with the with them, um, they lost Tiffon Diggs in the offseason, which in my opinion isn't that big of a deal, uh, especially when you add Justin Jefferson in the draft, uh, Dalvin Cooks coming off a pretty much a top two or top three running back season last year, Kirk Cousins getting more um fixated in this offense and then they have a lot they have some question marks on the back end of their um secondary um that i think will it'll it'll be time will tell what happens but the trade for yannick nagakwe to pair with the the, uh, daniel hunter uh i think is going to be an insane pass rush and then you have bar and kendrick's there as well
1: how do you struggle pronouncing Daniil Hunter, but nailed the other dude's name. Yeah, Ngakwe, I don't know. I,
0: I think I walked into that name with, like, oh, that's going to be easy, and I struggled. And Nagakwe, I knew was going to be tough. So I, like, I focused a lot more. Uh, but I think, they have a, I think they have the most all-around team. Um, in my opinion, Green Bay just has a lot of question marks, and they didn't address any of those in the draft, i.e. Jordan Love. I'm not against Jordan Love. I like Jordan Love but not when you need a weapon on offense. And then in the second or third round, you didn't even go get another weapon. You went and got A.J. Dillon, who you already have Aaron Jones, who we already know my feelings on Aaron Jones. But you added another running back, and you didn't add another wide receiver. And to me, that's kind of – that's suspect to see what's going to happen with them.
1: So I would agree. I think that Packers had a horrible offseason. But, I mean, their team went 13-3. and Yeah, because so, they have Aaron Rodgers, too. So, I think is But that's good. what I'm saying. Realistically, did they need to have a great offseason to win this division or make the playoffs? I don't think so. I think they could have come into the next year and did what they did and win it again. Um, do I think they're going to win the division? No, I don't think they are. And it's not because of the Minnesota Vikings; it's because of the other team I went high on last year and also disappointed me. The Chicago I'm, Bears. <laughs> I'm sticking with the Chicago Bears. They just named Mitch Trubisky the starter, which a lot of people have given up on. But let's not forget, two years ago, the man was a Pro Bowler. He actually played really well, um, and I think he's going to return to form. Um, they're right, They got more healthy wide. Well, their wide receivers are more healthy now. That was a big issue. He had a lack of weapons. Their defense is always great. I think Cleo Mack is going to break out and have another MVP-style year. Last year was kind of a quiet year for him. When I say a quiet year, I mean still a really good year for your average player, but a quiet year for For Cleo Cleo Mack. Mack. (laughs) So I think the Bears are going to figure it out on – I don't think they're going to have a great offense. I think they're going to have a good enough offense to help the defense. Um, I do think this is still going to be a heavily defensive-led team. That's why I'm taking the Bears as the division winners, and I would choose the Packers definitely for a wild-card spot. It's hard for me to see a 13-3 team led by Aaron Rodgers go f- from being the winner of their division to completely missing the playoffs, even when you extend the playoffs. So I definitely have the Packers in the one or two wild-card spot, but I have the Bears winning the division. That's a shock to me.
0: That's That is... Yeah, that's out in left field for me. Uh, I think the Packers are going to be a solid team in play- wild card contention, but I, and I should have mentioned this in the last one. I think the Cowboys are a wild card contention team. I think I have them in the playoffs as a wild card. Um, but I think the Packers don't have an all around team, and I'm in the boat of not buying into Mitch Trubisky. I don't. I and don't think working. he's. I don't think he's the answer there. And but, I'm in
1: the boat of. Not buying into the Minnesota Vikings. Like I just don't think they're a solid team, and I think there's issues right now with Dalvin Cook, whether it's his injuries or holdouts or anything. I just I can't trust Dalvin Cook with an inch of my body. See, but that's the thing. Minnesota has been in the NFC Championship game.
0: They were in there two years ago. They were they won a playoff game last year against New Orleans, and they they've done more in the playoffs and in bigger games than. Green Bay has done in the last few years. Didn't Green and, Bay just make Chicago.
1: it to the NFC Championship game?
0: Well, yeah, but I'm saying – So
1: how,
0: what, what is that based on? But I'm saying in the last two years. <laughs> they Minnesota has been the more consistent team when the, when it matters most, and they have the more all-around overall team, even okay. though they have the better quarterback. Yeah. They have the better all-around
1: team. But like I said, my, my point with the Vikings is their running back. If he's healthy, they're a top team. If he's not there very much of an out of the running team. So I just can't. I don't know. I just don't like, not a huge fan of the Vikings. But that moves us into the place we all really want to talk about is my division
0: down in the NFC South. One of the, the probably the best division in the NFL.
1: That's one of incorrect. the most, one of the most loaded divisions in the NFL. 100% incorrect. Who, where would you say? Is that the next one that we're going to Yeah, about? the next one, the stinking NFC West. Dude, that division is stacked. Their worst team is a division winner in a couple of divisions around the league. Whatever. Whatever. We're going to get the <laughs> NFC
0: South. We'll get to the NFC West in a second. <laughs> NFC South. I, I will probably talk a lot here, but I'll let Chris start.
1: Yeah, you will talk a lot. In fact, I might even give my picks and go use the bathroom <laughs> real quick because it, it's going to be a while. But, um, you know, Dylan's not going to like this. He's not because I don't even have them as the number one. I also don't have them as the number two. I have them as the number three in their division. I do think they'll still get a wild card spot. So I'm not going to say they're out of the playoffs. And it's not a shock to them that I have them as number three. That's just the three teams at the top of that division. That's how high I view them. Because the Atlanta Falcons added Todd Gurley. And they've always had a high-powered offense. And now they're adding a piece that they can really – I don't think they'll build around him just because I don't think – Todd Gurley's He's got body like a year can handle it, but I do think their offense is going to be great this year. I think their defense is going to be bad as usual.
0: Well, they've add, they added they have Brady Jarrett. They added Dante Fowler. They have Deion Jones. They added AJ Terrell. They have a solid They have they're actually going to have Keanu Neal. But I think individual
1: season. players like if you when you look in the past of a team that tries to load their defense, they have a lot of issues with how their team works with each other. I mean, I, I think back to like what's it 2008 or 2009 when the Philadelphia Eagles loaded up their defense with incredible, like an insane amount of weapons and didn't even make the playoffs. Like didn't even get close. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously I hope they do well because I haven't met number two in the division. (laughs) So I do think that the winner of this division is New Orleans Saints. And the reason for that is they have the most consistent quarterback in NFL history. I mean, they have Drew Brees, who's just, day in and day out, just very – am I going to say he's the best quarterback in the league? No, but he's definitely the most consistent. Like he comes into every season, he does his thing, he gets his team to where he can to the playoffs, and then will lose somehow in some crazy way.
0: Whack way. Yeah, <laughs>
1: um, That's usually involving their defense. Um, but, yeah, I mean I have the Saints winning this division not by a runaway by any means. I mean, I have them at like eleven and five, twelve and four range. I have the, I probably have the Falcons at ten and five range, and I have the Buccaneers probably tied with the Falcons. Like, I'm not saying the Falcons are way better than the. In fact, I think the Buccaneers have a better team. Just for some reason, I think the Falcons are going to find a way to pull it out. So that's my reasoning, and I think this is a division where there's a good chance, and I think you'll see two wild cards coming from.
0: Yeah, I um. Definitely disagree. Uh, I I agree with the sentiment of New Orleans being an 11 and 5, 12 and 4 team. I I also think that Tampa is going to be 11 and 5, 12 and 4. I think it's going to be at the. Like, I think they'll be tied at the top of the division. If at the like, I think they might both have the same record. I think one. I think Tampa is going to win it on a tie break. I think they're going to either split the series or sweep the series on uh, New Orleans, um, and they're going to get in on a tie break or some of some sort but i love new orleans i think new orleans like you said they're they're the model of consistency in terms of like who you know what you're getting with new orleans michael Tava is going to catch about 10 balls a game
1: yes, <laughs> you're going to yes. have
0: you're going to have a solid defense and you're going to have a, a, a offensive strategy that's implemented by one of the smartest offensive coaches in Sean payton in the history of the nfl and you're going to they're going to win 10 11 12 games like they normally do uh, atlanta i do like atlanta i think uh, Atlanta is going to be a really solid team. I think they're going to be in the mix for the third wild card spot. I don't think they're going to get it. I think that, in my opinion, that's going to come to Dallas. Um, I think, if, in my opinion, Tampa wins the division. New Orleans is wild card one. My wild card two is coming from the next division. But Tampa, I think, wins it because, I mean, in my opinion, there's really not a whole lot more teams that have the amount of weapons that Tampa does on the offensive side of the football. I mean, you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, one of the first pairs of receivers ever to go have two thousand yard receivers with Jameis Winston, who is the most paradoxical quarterback that you've ever that we've ever seen. And I,
1: I think he's the greatest ever, bar none. <laughs> yeah, bar none, greatest
0: quarterback ever, according to him, self-proclaimed, not proclaimed by anybody else. But thirty for thirty. I, I religiously, I believe, said last year that if if Jameis Winston wasn't on the football team and we had a, or even if he threw ten or eleven less interceptions, this team was a playoff team and would have made noise in the playoffs. That was my opinion. But now adding Tom Brady, who everyone on this podcast, Chris knows, everyone who's listened to this podcast knows, everyone who's ever heard me talk about Tom Brady and the New England Patriots knows, I can't stand Tom Brady. Um, I think as ability-wise, Tom Brady is a great quarterback. Morality wise, in terms of cheating and doing all the stuff that he's done and been caught doing, uh, I can't get on board. But adding him to this offense, then he's not gonna throw 30 interceptions. Uh he if but getting him saying like Tom, we just need you to get it to Chris Godwin. We just need to get you it to Mike Evans, you just need to turn around and hand it to Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette or LaShawn McCoy or Keyshawn Vaughn. Like you have all these weapons. Oh, by the way, you also have your Rob Gronkowski, you also have O. J. Howard and Cameron Brake. Like, you have all these weapons. You just have to get it to them. You don't have to drop back and run away from pass rush. You just got to get it to them. Uh, and then, in my opinion, underrated um, defense. And this is according to, like, in terms of the front seven on Tampa, I think they might have the best front seven in football. I mean, you have Ndamukong coming off one end, Vita Vea, oh, yeah. Golston. But then you have JPP, who had I think double-digit sacks last year. Shaquille Barrett, the reigning sack leader, Devin White, and Levante David in the in the linebacking. I board. agree
1: with your linebackers. Your defensive line is expired. Not Vita Vea. Vita Vea's, Vea. Okay, uh, Vea no. Sue's formidable. He's not. He's not Sue what he and, was. Sue and JPP are both
0: expired. I don't know about that, but Sue isn't what he was. But he's a formidable guy. We have a lot of youth in the in the secondary with Winfield being a rookie this year, Colton Davis coming off uh, or coming into a second and third year, Sean Murphy Bunting. We have a lot of rookies. Uh, but I think with the offense, we can easily average about thirty points a game, and we don't need a defense that's going to uh, that. We don't need a defense that's going to only allow fifteen points. That'd be great, but that's not going to happen.
1: Sweet, you were naming your secondary, and I, I was smelling something. And you know, look, it smells burnt toast. No. Your secondary is going to get exposed this year. You're about to—I guarantee. You, take it here. You're going to be in the 22 to 25 rank in pass defense in the NFL.
0: I think we'll be 15 to 20. No. That's all we need to do with a, top, a front seven that can get to the quarterback like we have. I think we can. I think we'll be fine. Uh, and also on an offense, it's going to score a lot. I Bur- think we'll
1: be fine. Burnt toast.
0: Uh, but that's going to move us into the <laughs> NFC West. And as you can see, me and Chris disagree on the NFC South, and partially bias. But this is the first time I have hope. So hop off my hop off my case. So uh, NFC West, I'm gonna start here. I think this. Me and Chris were talking about this before. Every team in the NFC or every division in the NFC has at least two, some of them three, potential why, or playoff teams. Like I mean, we go back to the NFC East. Me and Chris picked two different teams: Philly, Dallas, NFC North. Uh, we both had, or I had Vikings and Packers uh, to make a run. I didn't think they were going to. There, Chris had the Bears, the NFC South, the Falcons, Saints, Bucks. The NFC West, you have four teams who could potentially make a, a case it's in the, in in the division for a division lead and for a wild card. For me, I'm going to take the reigning. Division champions in the San Francisco 49ers, and say, and I think they're gonna because they're returning a lot of guys that are the same. Jimmy G, after having one year, I don't think he's gonna be like a baller, but I think he's gonna be formidable in what they have. Adding Brandon Ayuk, Raheem Mostert, I like a lot this year, but then that defense <laughs> that defense is insane with Nick Bosa on one end, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw. Uh, then you got Quan, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. Uh, you just, and you have just a lot of guys in that front seven who might, in my, like, that might be with Tampa as one of the best front sevens in the league, probably a little bit better than Tampa. Um, but San Francisco, in my opinion, is great. Seattle, I think, is a wild card too behind New Orleans because Seattle is consistently good, in my opinion. Consistently. Russell Wilson is also a model of consistency. You know what you're getting from Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks every year.
1: Chris is shaking his head with his head on his it, hand on his head. No, it's not because I disagree with you. Because I'm looking at this division, and I'm realizing how tough this is, um, and I think I even changed my mind in like literally the last 20 seconds, because I think the division winner here is the Seattle Seahawks because of their versatility in their offense. Um, you heard what I said about the Titans being completely one-dimensional, and I think. The 49ers are still one-dimensional, but I don't think it's as bad as the Titans. And they added weapons in
0: Brandon Ayuk uh, yes, to, to help with that. But they
1: also got rid of Emmanuel Sanders. And isn't George Kittle dealing with some injuries at the moment?
0: Uh, he's always dealing with some so, injuries, but, but he it, always plays.
1: Yeah, so that, that that's hard for me. Actually, the report is clean right now. Oh, is George it? Okay. Is clean. Their defense is, I mean, stellar. I mean, easy top three in the league. So I'm choosing Seattle to win the division. But this is how I think the division goes. I think I think Seattle wins it at 13 and 3. I think the 49ers win wild card at 12 and 4. And I think the Cardinals sneak into the third wild card at 10 and 6. Like I think we're we're gonna see three double-digit win teams in one division this year. And that's crazy. And I don't even think the Rams are gonna be that far behind. I think they're gonna be seven, nine, eight, and eight. Reason being they just basically balled up and threw out their old system because, well, they lost the guy they built their system around yeah. in Todd Gurley. So I think they're going to have a hard time adjusting. I don't think they're going to be a bad team. I think if you're a really good team and you're going into Los Angeles to play the Rams, I still think you can easily walk out with a loss because I do think the Rams are still a competitive team, but I don't see them as a playoff team.
0: Yeah, I compl- Yeah, I think with you – um, it's such a d- difficult division because you can make a case. I think the Rams easily in the fourth best team in terms on paper yeah. in this division because of the loss of Gurley. They have some age. They lost some guys. They lost Dante Fowler on defense, uh, a pass rusher for them. Uh, and I think their their defense isn't as solid as it once was. And I think their offense has some question marks. Cam Akers, I really like a lot to yeah. to put in there. But when you have three running backs, you don't really have. Any, like the old saying is, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. But I think if you have a, two or three running backs, you don't really have a lot because you're really riding the hot hand and you get you can hit or miss on guys. But Arizona, I like a lot. So do I with wide. Kyler? I'm, I was I've always been on the fence about Kyler. Kyler played really well last year, and then you give him DeAndre Hopkins, a, a, a no brain number yeah. one. Then Christian Kirk. Then you have Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, the
1: safety blanket.
0: Yeah, and then Kenyon Drake, who played really well, but not even Kenyon Drake. You have Chase Edmonds behind him, who is a formidable backup. And then you have that air raid offense, and Kyler's just going to throw, it, and he's got his legs to run.
1: That's yeah, and well, the thing that separates Kyler from every other scrambling quarterback, in my opinion, is that he's incredibly smart. He doesn't throw. He doesn't turn the ball over often. When he doesn't see, when he's out of the pocket running. And he's under pressure. He's not the guy who's gonna force in a pass and throw an interception. He's smart. He'll tuck it and run, or even tuck it, step out of bounds for a one-yard loss. Like that's just his style. And that's it's brilliant because they have a they have a pretty good defense, nothing spectacular. But I do think their offense is gonna be some they're gonna be fun to watch this year. It's gonna be a really fun team. And I think for that third wild card spot, I think the Cardinals, I think the clear wild card for me, especially since I have the Seattle winning the division super clear 49ers number one. And then I have a – for me, I have a pretty clear Packers taking number two. And I think for the third, man, (laughs) I don't know. It's because I'm going to – I mean, I have the Cardinals and the Buccaneers and the Falcons all fighting for that third spot. And that's not a – That's like I'm saying, this isn't a hit on any of those teams. I just think the NFC is that good this year. I think the NFC is going to be – Far better than the AFC this year, and I think if you're if you're a fan of a team in the AFC, you're thankful because your team has hope to make the playoffs, even if you're an average team. Yeah. In the NFC, if you're an average team, there's no unless you play in the NFC NFC East. Yeah. There's no way in no way you're making the playoffs. Yeah. It, there's a lot more competition, a lot
0: more depth uh, of teams and, and whatnot in the NFC. I, I also though Arizona's defense to me is very intriguing because they have. Byron Murphy, a young corner who is really good. They have Patrick Peterson, who's probably past his prime. Yeah, he is, But he, But he is still formidable. Buda Baker just became the highest-paid safety in the NFL. Oh, by the way, they drafted Isaiah Simmons, one of yeah. the most versatile players on defense in the NFL. Yeah, uh, and insane. so I like him a lot. They have Chandler Jones, Jordan Hicks to fill out that uh, that middle linebacking core. So they have a good defense. It's yeah. going to be –
1: It's going to be an insane
0: year in the NFC.
1: It's going to be a fun year for the NFC, but I think it's going to be especially fun to watch the Cardinals just because of all the talent they have spread randomly throughout the field. Well, like like they don't – apart from DeAndre Hopkins, I don't look at their team and go, oh, yeah, that's like a sure star number one player. They have DeAndre Hopkins as like the number one player. And then the rest are all, like, B-plus, A-minus players spread throughout their team.
0: I Yeah, I think even though – like, to wrap up the NFC, like, I – even though with the division winners that we have and the wild card people, like, yeah, I think New Orleans, I think Dallas, and I think – why am I blanking? New Orleans, Dallas, and – uh, why am I blanking on the team and the Seahawks? Oh, um, and the that's who I think is going to be in the court. It's still up for grabs. Yeah, like, I, any of those positions could change. Injuries could happen, Absolutely. especially with this year with the no preseason, not a whole lot of training. So many things can happen, but this year is going to be really fun, I think,
1: especially in the NFC. Yeah. I mean, I thought the AFC. I was confident with my AFC picks. The NFC, I was changing my mind every minute.
0: Yeah, so. it's it's tough. But uh, stay tuned. We're going to wrap this episode up with um, some picks going into this weekend. And so stay tuned. Pick with us. See how you do. Okay, guys. uh, We're going to go into the picks. We're just going to head straight in, give our picks. Maybe a little quick, depending on what game, maybe a little quick thing on it. But we're going to try to fly through this uh, first game. Who you got, Chris? Texans at Chiefs. This opens up the season. I know, I'm, but I'm taking Chiefs
1: easy, so <laughs> I don't even need to discuss.
0: Yeah, I got the Chiefs as well. Uh, second game, Colts at Jags. You know who I'm taking. You know I'm taking my Colts. I agree, I'm taking the Colts. Uh, first big game of the season, potentially, the Bucks at the Saints. Start off with a bang, Tampa Tom and Drew
1: Brees. I mean, I have to take Seattle or why did I say Seattle, the Saints. I have to take the Saints just because you have the the Buccaneers have so much to get used to. Tom Brady's never had this many weapons. He's, yeah, it's it's almost like that meme, which like I don't know what to do with my hands. That's how Tom, Tom Brady's gonna be. Like, I don't know what to do with the football. <laughs> so yeah, I'm taking the Saints.
0: I mean, that's an easy one. I got bucks obviously. Uh, second game or next game, Seattle at Atlanta. Hmm. I've got Seattle.
1: This one's tough. This one's tough because, like I said, I do like I, obviously I have Seattle going. What did I say? Like the division. The division. And Thirteen and three. Thirteen and three. So, um, I'm saying the Seahawks. Um, if if this was like week eight, week nine, and the Falcons had time to like kind of work out their kinks and everything, I might consider taking Atlanta. But right now, I got to take the Falcons. They're returning the same team basically.
0: Jets at Bills.
1: Easy bills, same.
0: I've got the bills. Uh, next game, Bears and the Lions. Also easy.
1: The Bears.
0: Yeah. Uh, Packers Vikings. Another big divisional game right away for you. The first game is the, the Bears Lions is a big divisional game just in terms of getting the Bears one and O. But this is now a big divisional game as well
1: mm-hmm.
0: for them in the NFC North at least. Yeah,
1: this one's tough. I think I have to go with. I have to go with the Packers just because the Vikings have a lot of. I feel like moving parts, losing Stefan Diggs, and I don't know. I just not like, having a secondary. Yeah, not having this. Yeah, so you know, I gotta take the Packers, especially since I had them making the wild card. I'm
0: gonna stick with the Vikings just because, in order to with the Packers, I love Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, I think he's in the mix potentially for a wild card, in my opinion. Uh, so I think the, the Vikings need to step up right away and take a game quickly. So I have the Vikings. Next game is the Dolphins at the Patriots.
1: This one's interesting because you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is notorious for in his first couple games of starting to be hot, to ball out. It's magic. Maybe yeah, I should know about that. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> ah, this one's really hard. You go first. I got to think for a second. I'm
0: going to take New England. I think, I think Belichick has just a mental hold over, over Miami, but Miami did win last year into at the last game of the season against against New England to kind of ruin their chances
1: at a first round bye. So,
0: there's that in there as well.
1: You know, I'm I'm going to take Miami and it's just because of Fitzmagic. He loves to play well in his first couple starts and then gets benched when he plays like crap. So, Yeah. And he already knows he's going
0: to get benched at some point. For, exactly. Uh, to a So,
1: yeah. That's a, I,
0: I, I can respect that. Uh, The next is Eagles at the Washington football
1: team. (laughs) This is a no-brainer for both of us. Yeah, Eagles. I mean, we got to the Eagles. (laughs) If there's any team that's the biggest dumpster fire you've ever seen, that organization in Washington has got to be the worst. They're making steps for improvement, but they're
0: still a dumpster fire. Um, The next pick is the Las Vegas Raiders
1: at the Carolina Panthers. This one's tough um I'll, I'll go first i have the panthers okay i was going to take the panthers as well and this is a partial bias i got christian mccaffrey say <laughs> hey, let's go off baby. I, I was, so
0: my reasoning through this is i wanted to pick the raiders because i said i think the raiders have a chance on offense they have some moving parts on defense um they have to get acclimated to the offense and then i was like so who's the best player in this game Oh, Chris McCaffrey, right yeah, there. Easy. And then I love Teddy B. So you have Teddy B., who's consistent, who's steady, and I think I think we're gonna split
1: on this. Browns at the Ravens. I have to take the Ravens, especially when it's in Baltimore. Yeah. So I have Cleveland.
0: Obviously, I have the winning division. They have to. I think they have to step up and win this game right away. Uh, the Chargers at the Bengals
1: with your guy Joe Burrow. I'm taking Cincinnati. Wow. reason – well, the reason being – it's not because I think the Bengals are the better team. You're looking at the Chargers with a quarterback who's making his first start in – A long time. How long? And when he did start, still wasn't even that great. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, I'm sorry, my man, but you're a bum. You can't <laughs> play quarterback. So I got to – and I think Cincinnati is going to come out playing with a lot of excitement. They have their new identity, their new – Possible franchise quarterback, AJ Green healthy. I think the Bengals take this game. Not by a lot, but I do think they take this game.
0: I'm I have the Chargers. I like Tyrod Taylor. I don't think he's like a franchise guy, obviously, especially when you drive for Justin Herbert behind him. Uh, but I think Tyrod Taylor relied on too much in past offenses to be, like, the focal point. I don't think with – I think with Eckler in this – uh, Eckler behind him, I think he's going to have – he's not going to be relied on as much. But I Eckler's got never Chargers. been
1: the focus in a Chargers team. He, he was never, last year for the no, first six or seven it. games. Before, without Melvin Gordon, he was, and he
0: balled out. But
1: I would argue that their focus was Phillip Rivers to Keenan Allen. Like, I wouldn't say – I don't think Eckler's ever the focus. Like, he's not the guy. He's good. I'm not distra- I like Eckler. I think he's a really good receiving back, but I don't he's not a number 1 running back.
0: I don't know. I have the Chargers. That's my pick. And then we have another divisional
1: matchup right away, the Cardinals at the 49ers. This one's tough. This one is really tough. And this is going to go against what I picked, but this is my first upset of the season. I think this is going to be one of the few losses the 49ers have. I think the Cardinals are going to come out and play with a ton of like excitement and drive, and they're gonna they're gonna upset they're gonna upset the 49ers. And I think their their defense is good enough to shut down a one dimensional offense, and their secondary is good enough to man up their very under average receiving core. Yeah, I, I
0: I think I got the 49ers, but that's because I, I trust the 49ers defense to play well against a, a, a new. Uh, Cardinals
1: offense. But that's what I'm saying, is a new Cardinals offense, it's hard for a very good defense to prepare for, like, in their next matchup, I'm taking 49ers easy because they're going to see what this new Cardinals offense looks like. Like, you have to think, they're throwing in DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake, Kyler Murray in his second year. This team has a lot of young, new, moving pieces that I really think I, I think they're gonna upset them just by shock factor, not by actual who's better. I think this is your first upset.
0: Uh, I have or so, so yeah I have the 49ers. I think next uh, next game is the Cowboys
1: at the Rams. Uh, who you got I think the Cowboys are gonna do their stupid thing and build up their hype. They're gonna get a blowout win over the Rams and then they're gonna be all weed and boys, them boys and they're gonna drop their next five. But I'm taking the Cowboys this game.
0: Yeah, I have the Cowboys. It pains me to do yeah, that, but I have the Cowboys. I, I, just, I'm, I'm really ready for Stephen A. and his cowboy hat oh, with, yeah. the, with the cigar. <laughs> I'm waiting for cowboy hating Stephen A. I'm really, oh, I'm really so excited fun. for it. Uh, the next game, which is the first game of Monday night, first Monday night game, Steelers at the New York Giants.
1: <sighs> this one's tough for me. This one's really tough. I'll give you
0: mine, and I'll, I'll tell you why I picked. I have the Giants because they have they don't have as many moving parts. Big Ben's coming back to his first game in over a year, uh, and he's I think he's got to get acclimated. Daniel Jones played well last year. He closed out the season. Saquon, you have all your weapons. I think, I think I I think think the Giants win this game. I,
1: I do, too. That did help me make my decision because I was leaning Giants, and I feel more justified. And then this comes to your game, the Titans at the Broncos. All right, look here. Let's let's take a trip down memory lane to the last time the Titans and Broncos played. It was towards the end of last year. And if I remember right, I'm trying to pull it up, but I believe we won, I think it was 15-0. to zero. We gave uh, the Titans a fat old goose egg. And it's the same reason why I think the Cardinals are going to beat the 49ers. We're gonna shut down their horribly one-dimensional offense, horribly one-dimensional, and our corners are good enough to play man. On, I mean, AJ Boy is gonna lock up the other AJ, AJ Brown, and I think it's it's. I, I honestly don't think this game's gonna be close. I think this is gonna be the game. I'm not saying this is gonna set the precedence for Denver throughout the year, but I do think this game Denver wins by more than two scores. Yeah, I think I have Denver, uh, I think,
0: as well. I just think Tennessee, even though they know who they are and Denver's trying to figure that out, I just don't trust Ryan. I love Ryan Tannehill. I don't trust him in terms of – especially when a, a team's had a whole offseason to prepare for what you're going to get with them. I got Denver. Uh, but that closes out. Uh, we'll be posting these, like I said, as every week to, to give our picks on teams uh, and to kind of track those throughout the season. Uh so we can see who's the best picker. Yeah. I think I won last year, so I'm the reigning champ. So I'm going to try to keep we'll it was like keep. half season. Yeah, it was only see, a few weeks. I would, I would
1: put that under like, you know, when a three-point three shooter like has a high percentage but it's like must qualify with however many shots, I don't think it qualifies. Whatever. So this is the first year fix. Whatever. But we'll see. I, I'm
0: I'm taking my crown as a reigning champ, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, but with that, we will catch you all next episode. Uh, whatever that may be. Hopefully in a few weeks. <laughs>